The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Week 10 in the CFL kicks off Thursday. I have the betting lines, and I assume these lines, betting lines will change. These point spreads, Lee, but Thursday, Montreal, Winnipeg, 11.5. Friday, Toronto-Hamilton, second game of a home-and-home. Hamilton's favored by two. Yeah. Why do you think? Does it surprise you? Uh, that does surprise Yeah, me too. Absolutely. This is the Rod Peterson Show. It absolutely is. Uh, good morning, Canada. Western Canada. Good afternoon, Eastern Canada, and to our viewers in the Eastern Time Zone. We are into our two of the RP Show. It's episode number 817 of your favorite daytime sports and entertainment talk show. And everybody's saying great things about today's show. i got to say I'm very happy with the way it's gone. Ryan watching in Toronto, Ryan H. on YouTube says, great first half. <laughs> and we're through halftime, and we're kicking off the second half here right now. Serena Taylor, our hockey analyst, joins us here at Rogers Place on game day. And if you missed hour one, I'm just going to tell you, roll back your PBR, roll back your YouTube, go back and listen to the podcast hour one if you missed it. We had Robin Brownlee with it, iconic Oilers uh, writer from OilersNation.com, talking with the World Juniors. Julie Robenheimer from Elite Prospects. She covers USA Hockey. This hour, Serena with us. Coming up from Team Canada, assistant coach Mike Dick. Long, long time friend of mine, former Regina Pats defenseman, the current head coach of the Vancouver Giants. He'll be with us right here on set. And Ethan Morrow, the former captain of the Edmonton Oilers. But Serena... This is it. It's day two of the World Juniors. We all kind of got our feet wet here with a triple header on Tuesday, but today's the main event. Today's the big one. Yes, yes, yeah. How are you feeling about Canada, Latvia today, 4 p.m. Mountain? Well, like every other Canadian, I'm not super concerned about what the outcome will be. (laughs) No, you shouldn't be. I'm just more excited, I guess, to see. I'm really excited about Canada's top line. I cannot wait to watch them and see how that goes down. Yeah, why? How? So? How so? Okay, you got a guy like Mason McTavish with Connor Bedard. So you have a guy who has NHL experience in Mason McTavish and a guy who doesn't. It's just going to be so exciting because they're both such dynamic players. Yeah, well, it's interesting coverage. You know, we mentioned our uh, with Julie. You come into Canada and you were watching our interview. There's no coverage of any other team besides Team Canada. Right, right. And I'm not sure there necessarily should be, but we know everything there is to know about Canada front to back. And Mark Masters said the other day, Connor Bedard opened camp for the World Junior Under-20 team last year as a 13th forward. He's worked his way onto the right side of the top line. And as I sprinkle in some comments from our viewers here, uh, John... In Edmonton, says, memories of World Junior Hockey. Jordan Eberle, he was clutch. Andrew Stout says, Joshua Roy, 
Woo! Habs prospect. He's the left wing of that top he line. Is. Yeah. Um, so we can get into some World Juniors memories. We can get into a lot of things here. But Robin Brownlee, you didn't hear that interview. He said a lot of people are staying away for whatever reason. Summer hockey, the um, ongoing scandal involving Hockey Canada. For me, there's nowhere else I'd rather be. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I think it would be a... Connor Bedard and Team Canada, that, that has nothing to do with them. I think if you're staying away for those reasons, you're missing out on a wonderful event. I haven't heard anybody that's saying they're staying away for those reasons. Yeah. Whatever. It is what it is. And it's going to be so much fun in here tonight. I think as the tournament goes on, we're going to see people are going to, if they're trying to stay away, regardless of the reason, maybe they Mm -hmm. do have something going on in their lives. They're going to get that fear of missing out. And I think as we get closer to to the medal round, people are going to start coming and filling up the rink a little bit. Tuesday's games, by the way, on day one. And I saw parts of all of them. I didn't see all of any of them. But it was a wild one. Cheshire beating Slovakia 5-4 in the opener. I watched that one here with Lee Genier and some NHL scouts. It was a great game. Finland flattened Latvia 6-1. And people are already talking about Finland as a potential tournament favorite. And I know you want to jump in here, but just USA toyed with Germany. They beat him 5-1. So one close game and two pretty lopsided ones on the opening day. I think the thing that shocked me about the Finland-Latvia game the most was how rough it was. I didn't expect the Latvians to come out and have a little bit of fire underneath them. Everybody's talking about how Finland might be an aggressive team in this tournament. They're not typically known to be aggressive, but that game yesterday, if it was any indication of what it's going to be between teams like that, who knows how this is going to go down. Well, um, and to get into it, uh, uh, my cousin Christine watching in Madison Hat says, uh, World Junior is by far my favorite. Good. It's the biggest hockey tournament in the world. We were discussing that, right? Is there a bigger hockey tournament than this? You can't ask Canadians that question. Can, to Canadians, it's their favorite tournament. It's the biggest tournament in the world. I can't another one, though. I mean... I live, I've lived in two countries separately, and if you asked an American what the biggest hockey tournament in the world is, they would not they probably, would other than someone like Julie, probably wouldn't answer the World Juniors because it's not a big... Really, the World Juniors has really only been televised in the U.S. for the last few years. We had to fight to get it on the NHL network. I remember the days where I was scraping on the internet to try to watch the World Juniors. It's just mm. not a big tournament to them in, in general. I don't know if it ever will be, but Stephen is watching in North Dakota. He says, continuing better American hockey coverage here again. Keep up the great RP show. Listening in Velva, North Dakota. I've never heard of it before. But I was saying the only bigger tournament in terms of hype would be the Olympics. But unless the NHL's there, people don't really care about that either. So this is the biggest tournament. And I'll say it again for those that missed yesterday's show. The reason we're here was it started at Centennial Cup in Esteban, where we went to do the show, and the Hockey Canada people said, would you consider doing your show from all our events? And I'm like, yes, I just considered it. We're in. And, and, but that, the funny thing was, that was a 10-team tournament, too. And I was like, whoa, this is exciting. 10 teams, it's huge. They said, uh, it's not that groundbreaking. It's the same format as the World Juniors, 10 teams. And by the way, you were right. Latvia is the team replacing Russia here. How big of a bummer is it for you that Russia's not here? It doesn't hurt my feelings one bit. I could care less if the Russians were here or not. There's always our biggest competition. And I'm I don't love the competition between the two teams. I'd rather not lose to Russia. 
in general. So obviously the games are always good and the Russians always have such a strong team, but this is always Canada's tournament. This is what we watch. This is what we want to watch. It doesn't matter who the other teams are, in my opinion, but what it does is it changes the teams in the groups. Yeah. So the groups are now completely different. They were talking about Canada being in these strange groups for the last few years, and it just takes one stronger team out of Canada's group. Now, when the crossover and all that kind of stuff, it changes the whole dynamic of the tournament right down to the gold medal game. Sure, but you're not upset about them not being here no. for political reasons you're oh it's not even yeah. about that no. like i don't i don't care either way like if someone said do you wish that kazakhstan was back in this tournament nope don't care <laughs> right exactly <laughs> well but they wouldn't put up quite the fight compared to russia uh by the way uh from my cousin christine in medicine hat she says how are the hot dogs there um i don't know yet Put that on the mission list. We today. haven't had we haven't had a chance. No, got to do some shopping and uh, here and got to get hot dogs uh, from Jamie Nugabauer. He says, "How about this quality tandem on this show? How about it? How about it? News? How about that?" Um, <laughs> BW in Edmonton says, "The World Juniors is associated with Christmas, not harvest time." And before you jump in on that, let me just say this: when they played the Stanley Cup playoffs in the bubble here in Toronto, and they Drop the puck August 1st of 2020. I couldn't have been happier. I pulled my devices out on the patio and watched all day August hockey. So that's just me. I guess not everybody's like that. That's a very interesting concept for people who live in Canada. I live where the sun shines year-round, but Christmas is still Christmas in the World Junior style. I agree with that statement 100%. It's hard to get into it, but when I hear the jingle on TV and I hear that typical World Junior jingle, I get the chills in my back, and I do agree. It's a different feeling, but if somebody would have said to me, you're going to have the opportunity to go sit in the rink three games a day, and watch hockey, I don't care what time of year it is. It's freezing in here. <laughs> Doesn't matter what time of year. But I do agree that it's a little bit different because at Christmas, people take the time off here. It's just a little bit more focused around that. Uh, but we would go no matter when the tournament's being played, and that's why we're here. But if you're coming down and you've got uh, a week and a half now to buy your tickets, hockeycanada.ca, they start at $40. Bring a blanket, dress warm. <laughs> This is probably the coldest arena I've been in. But all NHL arenas now are cold. Florida, very cold. Well, I mean, the the ground is constantly would melt the ice down there. So, yeah. of course, it's going to be a lot colder. Been in Arizona, you could there's a thunderstorm when you walk in the door because the difference between the heat and the cold. Right. Is well, crazy. let's say hockey rink, not a shopping mall. I'm just telling you to dress warm if you're coming to the World Juniors here in Edmonton. Uh, Jeff Kabilis in Winnipeg says, I've never missed a World Juniors since 1991 when Saskatchewan hosted the tourney. That is going back a long ways. Andrew Stout says the United States would pick the Frozen Four, I think, as their biggest hockey tournament. But what I'm saying is biggest in terms of teams, there are 10. And forget about the August and forget about everything else going on around Hockey Canada. This thing would be sold out. Do you think there would be bigger crowds for games yesterday, for instance? Because everybody's talking about the empty rink yesterday. You know? Wait, so it's it's proof. I felt like I was back in high school, skipping school to watch a game in the afternoon in Europe when there was nobody in the rink. That's what it felt like. Everyone's talking about that as a big deal. And even I was having a conversation with Julie before she came on the air about why the rink is empty. I feel people are at work. You can't take... Everybody's already taken their time off for the summer... 
people in Canada are just a little bit more nine to five, a little bit more take your holidays at Christmas, take your holidays. It's just the way it is here. And that's just what people are used to adapting around. 1111 Mountain, by the way. Oh. Uh, just want to uh, say pay attention uh, to your thoughts. And speaking of that, Beautiful. Don, our Navy friend, writes in and he says, in Sports Illustrated, they didn't cover the Canada-Russia series, the Canada Cup. America hasn't and still doesn't care about junior hockey. Would we extend that to hockey period or not, that America doesn't care? Is that a fair statement or not? How much time do we have? Five minutes. They don't care. The people that care about hockey in the U.S., typically like their team it's a complete it's completely different up here we live and breathe we had the under 18s we had this we had that we're obsessed we walked through the mall yesterday every television had the first game on on. yeah Yeah. the Czechs and the Slovaks and it's just different here they like their teams in the U.S. but if they didn't grow up in the same cultured environment as we did here it's impossible for them to feel the same way like Julie clearly loves the game. She clearly knows the game. I give her all the credit in the world, but she didn't grow up in the same environment we did. She grew up around Philly, which I love that she laughed when asked how the Flyers were going to do. Poor thing. We get it. I'm an Oilers fan. We've been there. But they don't care as much as we do. Absolutely not. Um, Okay. In the time we have left, we have four minutes to cover two topics. So uh, the Bedard thing, what are your expectations of him today? He's going to hammer it. Absolutely. I would suspect playing with Mason McTavish, Bedard's going to probably get at least four or five points. Today? Against Latvia? Yeah. Come on. Okay. Well, we'll yeah. set the over-under. Uh, I remember when the Pats were playing uh, this winter, it was on TSN. They set the over-under her points for Connor at 3.5. Remember I told you about that? Yeah, you yeah. Watch it. You ended up with two. Yeah. So the over-under, what are we sitting at? 4.5 over under for Bedard today. Write it down for points. And then I never had the opportunity to get you on yesterday on the anniversary of the Gretzky trade. And I know you don't want to talk about it, but I might help you to talk about it. 34-year anniversary uh, Tuesday of the Gretzky trade. I went and looked at the poll results. 82% of respondents yesterday said that the LA Kings won the trade. Only 82%? Yeah, 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 yeah. What I wanted from you was you saying uh, that it didn't necessarily benefit the NHL or hockey. What was your your stance on that? Well, it wasn't great for hockey. It pains me to even talk about this. It's the hardest part of my childhood. But I'm going to say this. If you look at how many teams were in the League 21 at the time, now I feel the more teams, the more diluted the talent is, how many leagues other than the NHL can you say have lost franchises? Look at the amount of franchises that have moved, that have closed, that have done this, that have done that. There's no other team, professional sports teams in the world that do that. Ever since that happened and Gary Bettman came along, things have just been changing and changing and changing. And really, has it changed for the better? I personally don't think so. There's guys that play in the league that 20 years ago never would have made the league. And maybe that's good. I don't know, but I just think that you have, they're pushing hockey in the U.S., pushing it, pushing it where people don't care, and it's proven, and now teams like Atlanta don't exist anymore, and all these teams aren't getting fans to games, and it's not, it has not helped the game, and I don't know if that's 100% where it came from, but that's definitely where it started. Jeff, the Stamps fan, says, we rag on the CFL for not growing. Maybe we should rag on hockey for not growing its popularity in other countries, and I would suggest this. 
are we even trying? Remember the slogan, it's our game. I'm not sure Canada wants to grow it in other countries. It's like trying to say that soccer needs to grow in Canada. You think England cares if Canadians or Americans like soccer? They don't care. They know that that's, sorry, football. They know that that's their thing. Uh, From Tacona Pally says, will Bedard break the tournament points record? Uh, That's pretty early to tell. Too bad he couldn't have played last in December because he would have had extra, like, obviously this is going to count essentially toward that, but who knows? He's not going to get to play in too many World Juniors. Well, again, he has already uh, broken Wayne Gretzky's goals for in an individual game by 16-year-old record, so I would say anything and everything is on the table for Connor Bedard. Jennifer from the Four Seasons says, a Canadian team hasn't won the Stanley Cup since Bettman came into power. Coincidence? I think not. Do you want to handle that lastly well, before I let you go? I mean, I don't think. If you look at guys like, for example, anybody who won Colorado won the Stanley Cup, look how long it's been in Saskatchewan. They don't care where they play. They bring the cup back to where they're from. It's not so much to do with the Canadian teams or not, because people rag on me in the States about that all the time. It has nothing to do with it. It's all Canadians that play anyway. The team with the most Canadians typically wins, just like this year. All right. Appreciate it. Enjoy the hockey. I love it. We anticipate Mike Dick of Team Canada joining us next. We're live from Rogers Place on day two of the 2022 World Juniors, and you're watching on Game Plus Television, YouTube, live, and you can always catch the podcast wherever you enjoy your podcasts, including Amazon, Google, Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to YouTube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. It's game day, triple header on hand here at Rogers Place at Edmonton, but the featured game is 4 p.m. Mountain, 6 p.m. Eastern. Team Canada will take on Team Latvia, and in moments we'll be joined by Mike Dick, assistant coach of Team Canada. We're told he is on his way. Um, Mike Dick, by the way, I'm going to read his hockey stats right now before I get into a sports update. He's from Lethbridge, Alberta. Played in the Western Hockey League from 1985 to 1989 with the Calgary Wranglers, Brandon Wheat Kings, and God's team, the Regina Pats, and that's where he spent most of his time. He played in 107, 136 games with the Regina Pats, Mike Dick. He'll be with us shortly. And then uh, in the Western Hockey League, assistant coach with the Medicine Hat Tigers, Lethbridge Hurricanes, and then a head coach with the Lethbridge Hurricanes and Vancouver Giants, and uh, he will be joining us shortly. But as we await Mike Dick, Let's get to a sports update. Canada will begin its hunt for a gold medal in the World Juniors later today when it faces Latvia here at Rogers Place. Switzerland plays Sweden in the early game. That's Noon Mountain. They'll be taken to the ice shortly here for warm-ups. And Austria and Germany will play in the nightcap. On Tuesday, the tournament opened with a defending champion, United States, crushing Germany 5-1. Finland rolled over Latvia 6-1. And Czechia outlasted Slovakia in the wildest game of the day, 5-4. The Toronto Blue Jays' road woes continued Tuesday night, losing 6-5 to the surging Baltimore Orioles in a game delayed by rain and lightning, 78 minutes. The Jays, who have lost 5-8 of eight on their nine-game road trip, will try to avoid being swept by the Orioles tonight. Righty Jose Barrios will pitch for the Jays, while right-hander Dean Kramer will be on the mound for the Orioles. 
Organizers of the National Bank Open are expecting a sellout tonight in Toronto in what will be a special salute to tennis legend Serena Williams as she plays her second-round singles match against Belinda Bencic of Switzerland. The 23-time Grand Slam champion confirmed Tuesday she is planning to retire from tennis sometime following the U.S. Open, which begins later this month. Bring them on in, guys. Don't be shy. This sports update is for River Cree Resort and Casino. Brings you the best tribute acts and live entertainment. October 15th, Forever Seeger, a tribute to the music of Bob Seeger. You don't need the headphones, Mike. You're good. I think you can hear me. Forever Seeger creates a dynamic journey through the timeless music of Bob Seeger and the Silver Bullet Band. And also brought to you by Woodbine Entertainment. Bring the thrill of the track to your fingertips with Woodbine's Dark Horse Bets. It's AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. Feel the excitement of live-streamed horse races wherever you go. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. Available for Android and Apple devices. Yes, we're live on Game Plus Television. Available all across Alberta and BC on Telesoptic Television, Channel 924. Coach Dick, good to see you, man. Good to see you. Long time no see. Game day. I appreciate the time. Absolutely. <clears throat> How are we feeling about the big opener here today? Really excited about getting things going. Um, I, I think we've had... We've had a great couple of weeks um, and seen a lot of growth in the group. I, off the start, before you showed up, I went through your hockey DB, but for those that just turned their uh, television sets on, I'll say it again. Uh, In the dub, Mike played with the Calgary Wranglers, Brandon Wheat Kings, and then God's team, 136 games with the Regina Pats in the late 80s, and then uh, coaching career through Lethbridge Medicine, hadn't been with Vancouver for quite some time. Mike, with this club, you've been around Hockey Canada, this program... A long time. What's your role on this team? My role is uh, first and foremost the power play. So, so um, you know, I'm in charge of of uh, working with our power play and getting them prepared uh, each and every night. And uh, and I've also got the headset on on the bench. So I work on the forward side of the bench and and uh, you know, in, in terms of adjustments or, or making any kind of calls uh, relating to offsides or, or any kind of challenges, uh, work with Lou Robitaille upstairs. Right, so my question to you, because <clears throat> this isn't the same team you were coaching as, as recent as December, right, when this thing started. So you don't have Owen Power, you don't have Caden Gooley. How does that change what you do? Well, I mean, in terms of the power play, uh, you know, we had to make some adjustments. Well, we got so much depth that it wasn't that difficult to to make those adjustments. Obviously, you don't replace a guy like Owen Power, but uh, you know, with guys like Owen Zellweger and and uh, and Cormier and and Ronan Silly's done a great job, and Jack Thompson. We feel like we've got some depth back there, and and up front, uh, no Cole Perfetti, but uh, you know, putting more. More onus and more of a challenge with Kent Johnson to, to be that quarterback on the flank. And, and obviously, Connor Bedard's going to take a much bigger role on our number one power play unit. I'm not sure I got enough time to get all my questions out for you, Dicker. But they announced yesterday Sebastian Costa is going to be your starter. But Dylan Guerin, you know, is the only returning guy, right, from that silver medal winning team. One thing about sports, it humbles you, right? I mean, how, was that a tough call or, or did Sebastian outplay? Dylan to this point well I I think just again the the fact that we've got so much depth in that and we play you know we're playing basically three games in four nights so we split the two of them in game one and 
and obviously, uh, you know, Coast is going to get the the call today, and we'll see how things go tomorrow. But they've all three of them played really, really well. So this is literally a who's got the hot hand type thing, or a fifty-fifty scenario. Yeah, it's a fifty-fifty scenario, and and, and obviously, we feel that uh, that Sebastian's going to be really good for us today. Now, uh, we've been watching all the coverage since we got to town, but you've been on the ice with these guys, and Mark Masters said in his report from PSN that Connor Bedard showed up as the 13th forward last summer, and he's worked his way onto the top line. Can you talk about what you've seen in the transformation of this kid? Well, I mean, I knew how good he was uh, last year in camp, and, and uh, a guy that, that we weren't sure whether he could play at this level as a 16-year-old, and and became one of our best players through that CIS competition, and and, and just elevated his game. He's a special player. I mean, he's got he's not only got uh, an elite talent level. I mean, mentally he's he's very smart. He's a very smart player, and, and he's mentally tough too. So, didn't really surprise me, and and uh, we're certainly excited about about where he can take his game. You know, I, there'll be a lot. Of, again, you're in Vancouver. As I, he kind of came on my radar. I interviewed him for the first time when he was 14, but it seems like he got on everybody's radar when he's about 12. Would I be right on that? When people said oh, this yeah. guy, yeah, right around there. Yeah. Like he's like a, he's like Ogopogo out there. He's like a, <laughs> a mythical figure in well, the mainland. I mean, it's close to, I mean, we really haven't seen it uh, much in the, in the Western League, maybe since Nugent Hopkins, the, the hype. Uh, as far as being the clear first overall pick and, and a special player, but you know you see guys like that in the Ontario League, whether it was Tavares or or uh, McDavid, and, and obviously I'm not making comparisons yeah. there, but but he is a special player, and I'll tell you the, the Vancouver, the city of Vancouver is extremely excited to see the the Regina Pats come to Vancouver, and it's it's not going to be hard to sell the building out that night. But probably a little sad that you haven't been able to see in the last two years, and that's nobody's fault, but. You must have heard that it was disappointing. Your fans must have been saying, "Oh, no. I mean that that's uh, that's a date that's been circled on our calendar." Yeah, and, and not only uh, you know not only for us as, as a hockey club to see them, but uh, but for our fans uh, because uh, more than likely it's going to be the last time they see them uh, in the Western Hockey League. Well, and I want to tell the fans that are watching here all across Alberta, you got a week and a half to get your tickets. Because you gotta, you gotta see him live, right, Mike? Like it's one thing to watch him on television and so forth. And I saw Dave Cameron the other day saying, "Let's just pump the brakes on the expectations." I was told that when he was 15, and I'm like, "No, he can handle it." Don't you know, you well, he, he, he can, and, and and it's not it's not just a guy that's that's flashy scoring goals. He does so many little things well, and. If you watch the exhibition game we played against Sweden, I mean, he was the guy that made our our winning goal happen and took a hit to make a play and got the puck out of the zone and and uh, you know he uh, he set up the breakaway uh, for Wa to finish. So does so many little things well, but I mean, top of the circles down, he's money. Well, and again, I'll say that he's a Regina Pat. The other Jordan Eberle, the greatest world junior ever. I think Eb's going to be watching this with a smile on his face. He'd like to see any of his records fall if it's to a, another former Pat. And the thing with with uh, Bedard, his teammates must love him. He's a lovable guy. Oh, yes. Not an not, not, not arrogant bone in his body. Not at all. Not at all. Very, very humble. And, and uh, you know, obviously uh, for some of the new guys coming into the Coming into the program, I think they were really excited to get the opportunity to play with him. And yeah. uh, and, and obviously, he's got great chemistry uh, throughout the room. And and, uh, and and we do we do uh, not only with Connor Bedard but Mason McTavish. Got a lot of really good players, and the team's really starting to come together. Well, you've been coaching a long time, and I 
Is it too much hype on Connor? Is it nothing that he's done, but is it a disservice to the others, the other 19 or however many guys you're carrying? There's not much focus on them. Well, I, I well, I mean, again, I, I think with our depth, uh, there's a lot of guys that you could probably focus on, but Connor being being a guy that's that's more than likely going to go number one overall in the draft this year, uh, you know, he certainly commands a lot of attention. Has did own power, you know, the year before, so um, you know, I, I think it's to be expected. But he handles it really well. How has it affected this tournament with the players that aren't here? And Yuri Slavkowski would be, you know, the first, you know number one overall pick from Slovakia from Montreal. How's that affected the complexion and competition level of this tournament? I, I don't I don't know if it has. I mean, I, I guess we're, we're just in the, in the infancy of the tournament right now. We're just getting started, but I think I think our focus is always being on the guys that have been here and the guys, you know, as opposed to the guys that aren't here. And, and obviously the guys that aren't here uh, had good reason not to be here, whether it was injuries or fatigue, but uh, but our focal point has been the guys that have committed to, to play for Team Canada and done a great job so far. So I know every country's missing a few players that they would have had at Christmas time, but, uh, but we're really excited about moving forward with the guys we have. I got to be honest with you. Uh, our number one region for viewership is Alberta, but we got a lot of people in Saskatchewan in the heartland and Damon Hunt fans, and they're literally devastated for this kid. Can you uh, talk about that? What, was it like in the last day of your camp? It was the last day, and it was yeah. it, you know it's eerily uh, reminiscent of what happened at Christmas time. It was the last last practice, and and obviously he was going to make our hockey club at Christmas time, and and uh, broke broke a finger on the same hand, and uh, and, and you know and for that to happen the last day, uh, you know it, it's it's not fair, and. Uh, and obviously we feel really, really bad. He's still a big part of our team, and we're going to make sure that he feels a big part of our team and an integral part of the group. But, uh, you know, obviously something he can't control. Well, I would assume, given his skill set, you were counting on a guy like that. Well, we were. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, he he had a, a big part of this team, certainly in, in, in terms of playing against the other team's top six players and, and uh, penalty killing role, maybe a secondary power play role. But... Uh, Again, speaks to the depth of Canada and, and getting you know Del Mastro in, um, where where we lose Damon, we add another strong defenseman. So um, it's just uh, part of the process. The, the player that you brought in, had he been with you, was that or was that an emergency call up? Literally getting him. That was literally an emergency call up. I mean, I think he was. He, he had plans on Saturday night and had the emergency call up summer. <laughs> in Ontario and was on a, you know, basically on a plane the next day and, and obviously really excited to join our team. I got to just ask you this, Mike, again, I mentioned you've been around uh, international competition a long time with Team Canada. What is the pressure like? Because the Hunt family, Damon's dad, Doug's a good friend of mine, and he said as the dad he was feeling pressure. What, what, what do they say? What does was feeler pre pressure feel like? About thirty-two and a half pounds per square inch at sea level. I yeah. mean, it's it, you know what? It's it's as much as as you want to put on yourself. I think I think right now um, we really want to keep things internal, ignore the noise, and and uh, and focus on on a lot of the little things. I think you know we did that well. The beginning of the game in Sweden, I, I, I think there's a lot of things we did well and there's a lot of things we learned from. And I think it's just really, really focusing on the process right now and, and ignoring the noise outside of it. And and uh, it's always been a challenge, certainly when you play at home in the World Juniors yeah. and, and obviously magnified this year. But uh, 
um, you know, that's the challenge we have uh, playing for Team Canada. Should be a great game today. I really appreciate you coming up on a game day, Mike. Good to see you. Great to see you. Thanks a lot. Team Canada assistant coach Mike Dick will be back with more from Rogers Place after this timeout on Game Plus TV and 24-hour streaming sports radio now at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. The finest hockey facility on the planet. Rogers Place in Edmonton. We're here for the 2022 World Juniors. And uh, as you're going to see here, right over my shoulder, warm-up is underway. And this is Switzerland against Sweden. They're getting after it at noon mountain. The nightcap tonight, Austria versus Germany. And uh, Canada, 4 p.m. mountain against Latvia, 6 p.m. Eastern on TSN. I cannot wait to get our next guest, but I am waiting. Uh, Ethan Morrow, former captain of the Edmonton Order, is going to be with us. Uh, but for me and for a lot of my friends and family, far more interested that he's the director of hockey at Notre Dame College. I didn't know that. And uh, producer Clark telling us that earlier in the week that he booked Ethan Morrow. And he's in Wilcox right now. And we're having something of a connection issue. So I'm just going to tell you this. While we have a minute, you know, get to some of these text messages that have come in. We talked a lot of CFL way back in the opening segment, the warm-up with Lee Genier. And I can answer or read some of those messages here right now. But Hockey Canada has graciously gifted us tickets for the gold medal game here and the bronze medal game. And a word to our office staff, I have not seen the information or the liners as we say in the business on that so if you can get them to me before the end of the show and how we can award those to our viewers because i think they're going to want to be here please let me know we played deal or no deal way back in uh, the warm-up in hour one with lee genier and that's where we go through the cfl betting lines from our friends at betregal.ca our exclusive betting partner and so to the viewers grant in Kelowna, bc watching we talked about the Edmonton SAS game here Saturday at Commonwealth. Grant says it is a must-win game for the Riders. I bleed green. I just wish Calgary and BC beat each other up. And that is the poll question, by the way, for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center. Let me get to it here. Which is Canada's game of the week in the CFL? And I'm a little shocked. Frankly, 72% of respondents are saying it's the BC at Calgary game. It's Canada's game of the that? week, 72%. Next, Sask at Edmonton, 20% of viewers. And then 4% each for Montreal at Winnipeg on Thursday and Toronto at Hamilton on Friday. Where are you at, the Eastern Canadian voters and CFL fans? Because all these games have some intrigue. Maybe that many people want to show up and watch Biznasty race the world's fastest cow on Saturday, which the Calgary Stampeders announced this morning. That's right. Oh, here it is. You can't see it around the microphone. Biznasty on his Pink Whitney Cross Canada Tour will be in Calgary on Saturday for that BC Calgary CFL football game. And I guess I'm assuming it's at halftime. Biznasty will be racing the world's fastest cow. 
at halftime of the Stampeders-BC Lions game, which incidentally, the BC Lions are favored by two at Calgary. I'm not taking that bet. Our co-host here earlier, Lee Genier, says he'll take the bet. He thinks the BC Lions will go into Calgary and win by two points or more. I don't. I think Calgary's going to win that football game. But just on that biznasty thing before we wrap it up, for the day here from uh, Rogers Place, he's going to be at the Tap Brew House and Drive Through Liquor Store this afternoon, Wednesday, 1 to 3 p.m., signing autographs, taking pictures, and to quote Ricky Regina from the Tap, Biznasty is going to be doing shots of Pink Whitney with the fans and viewers and listeners to the Ch- uh, Spitting Chicklets podcast. That he's going to do it in Saskatoon tonight. So I just worry about Biznasty's uh, health and safety, to be quite honest with you. Back to the text line. Dougal Cameron's watching in Calgary, and he says, I gave up my Stampeders season tickets this year, but I'm buying a ticket to watch Nathan Rourke. So he is the kind of guy that sells tickets. And you can write me here right at our broadcast location at Rogers Place, 902-518-3033. BC Lions and the odds-on favorite to win the CFL Most Outstanding Player Award, Nathan Rourke, into Calgary on Saturday afternoon for a Week 10 showdown against the Calgary Stampeders. Nathan Rourke is the kind of guy that sells tickets. This is the kind of hype that the CFL has been wanting and needing for years all surrounding Nathan Rourke. Here in Edmonton, I've been talking with the Elks today, and yes, we'll be in their press box on Saturday uh, watching the Riders and the Elks, and I'm trying to keep somewhat of an eye on what's going on with that game. People are talking about Deron Carter being washed up. That's in that 3downnation.com insiders column, which is running today. Um, Let me just say this about Deron. I don't believe he's been put in a situation to have success by the Edmonton Elks. If you put him at wide out, I think he'd be having far more success. This is an Edmonton Elks problem, not a Deron Carter problem. We have a few minutes left in this segment, as I, I guess we're now able to go out to Notre Dame College and join Ethan Morrow, the former captain of the Orders. And I'll tell you, hey, Ethan, good to see you, man. And you, you got your Notre Dame garb on behind the lights. Listen, everybody's so excited particularly my friends and family who are Notre Dame alum. How did this come to be that you're the director of hockey at Notre Dame College, Ethan? Is that light going to bother you? You're good. You're perfect. You're fine. Okay. Um, yeah, honestly, you're good. How did this happen? Um, it's exactly what I wanted. Um, I spent uh, 20 years in the NHL. Um, I didn't really want to... Uh, I wanted something that I could uh, kind of establish myself and kind of bring my ideas and my thoughts to a, a program where there's a little more stability. Um, in the NHL, it's uh, it's obviously not like that. You can't. Uh, it's hard to stay in one spot for more than a few years. Um, I uh, I think everybody at Edmonton knows my passion for kids and, and helping um, that age group. Uh, I have two kids that are past that age group, so it's. I got to the point where they don't really need me anymore. Um, it just kind of clicked. You know, they, uh, they're good. Like, they're fine. So I started to explore options. Um, I love coaching, but I wasn't prepared to really uh, live that life or work my way up. And um, I wanted to be in a position where um, I can do something I love, something new, um, 
Um, and it's, it's, it's exciting. I think this program um, uh, is legendary. It's probably put more NHL players and more people, more, more men into the NHL than any program I can think of in North America. Um, obviously, um, we need some energy. We need something new. And I think that's why they hired me. Um, so I plan to bring it, this uh, program back to prominence. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm, um, I'm an Ethan Morrow fan. You and I have never met, but I know being a captain of an NHL team is not something that's done easily. And uh, so it just tells me what kind of guy you are. 928 games in the National Hockey League. I was raised on a farm nine miles south of Wilcox, okay? So my family are big hounds people. And nice. um, I see you haven't played since 2012. So can you please bring us up to speed in the last decade, just being a dad? Or what, what have you been doing to keep your hand in hockey in the last decade? Well, I was, I was fairly fortunate. The things that I have done have prepared me for this job. So I had one year in the NCAA. Um, so I was very familiar with recruiting. I was in charge of admissions. Um, so that, that short year, um, so it's basically the same system, but it's a high school. Um, I'm, I scouted for three years with Montreal at a pro level. Unfortunately, scouting gets harder the younger the player gets. Um, so I have um, scouting uh, experience at the highest level. Um, I coached uh, my son's junior team. Um, I worked. Uh, I worked with Kevin Adams at the uh, hockey academy in Buffalo, where we ran the, the all the AAA teams. So I'm very familiar with all the levels and what needs to be done. I wrote all the practice plans for those uh, for those teams. Um, I also worked with uh, Junior Kings in Los Angeles, mostly off-ice stuff with my brother. Uh, my brother was our strength coach when we went to the finals, but he's also um, he's won two cups, an NBA championship, and a World Series, so he's doing okay. Um, so, yeah, so that's, uh, that's a quick answer to your question. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm impressed. And again, you know, from Huntsville, Ontario, you played in the Ontario uh, Junior A League, right, in the OHL with Niagara Falls. So you, even as a player, you're familiar with all those levels of hockey. Can I ask you this? What's your challenges? What have you identified as your biggest challenges taking over out there at Notre Dame? Because it is a competitive uh, space, <laughs> right? Elite hockey academies. What's your biggest challenge? Well, I think the challenge post-COVID, I think a lot of people are facing the same situation as um, letting your kids go somewhere in a, into a boarding room, a boarding school. There aren't too many boarding schools. Um, a lot of the academies don't offer what we offer, where we have everything on, on site. People that are familiar with Notre Dame, we have our we have an arena, we have a, um, a world, like a better gym than most NHL teams. Um, we have a great, um, great dorms. It's a be beautiful campus. We have our own church. We have, uh, obviously, um, a, a great place to eat on three meals a day. So there's so much more than just hockey. It's the academic experience, and it's more just the experience, to enjoy the experience. These kids are away from home at a young age, so we got to make sure that we're taking care of them as people being interested in their lives, um, being invested in their families, um, and look for character people, which is hard to do when you're, you're – it's easier when you're an adult or having those conversations to um, kind of evaluate character. But um, – and we're going to win. We're going to be. We're we're going to go after the top kids, and we're going to compete. We're not going to. Um, we're not going to settle for being a mediocre school. 
we're not a hockey school. We're 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 a prep school, but Notre Dame's known for hockey, and most of our students do play hockey. So, having said that, my role is extremely important that we be successful. And we're uh, again, I just got here, so it's going to take a little bit of time. But um, I'm not very patient when it comes to performance and doing well. So hopefully we can. Hopefully I can have a successful first season and then um, recruit for the uh, the next season. I think uh, obviously our, our U15 program is, is our focus right now to um, start to uh, make sure we're taking care of our backyard and getting all the Saskatchewan kids and the elite kids in this area and then branch out all the way to Europe. Well, um, as you probably know, it's easier to identify character when you have it. And you've got that in spades, so you're good there. I just in the la- just last me say, what did you think when you saw Wilcox for the first time? I'm always interested to know people's answer to that. Had you been there before? It's, it's just impressive. Um, yeah, I talked. I talked. I talked to Wendell Clark before I left, and he goes, uh, "When are you going there?" And I said, "This and this was in July." He said, "Oh, they're going to bring you there in the summer. They're smart." So, um, so every day I've been here, it's been about. <laughs> 85, no humidity. So I don't have to change three times a day. Uh, but uh, honestly, my first impressions were the people have been incredible. Um, the city in Regina, I haven't had much experience with. So it's just it's just nice. I mean, it, I know it's the summertime and it's beautiful. It's nice everywhere. But down by the parliament in that area is beautiful. Wilcox itself, the village, is really unique. It's hard to explain to people, to be honest with you. Um, if with technology, with video, it's just... It doesn't do it justice, um, like how far you can see the horizons if you've never experienced the prairies. Um, but just our facilities are, I was like, our gym, like I said, it rivals NHL um, gyms. Um, but just the passion of the people, the teachers that are involved, the teachers that coach, these guys have been coaching here for 25 years, um, which is a great thing, but it's also an issue. It looks like the aging work uh, population in Canada, it's the same here. We have an aging workforce, we have an aging. Uh, coaching stuff. So we, we need to get younger. We're looking for young coaches. We want young coaches. So if you want to coach, this is the place to be. Um, we started an internship at Regina. Um, that was the first thing I did. They have a sp- uh, uh, sports management program there. So hopefully we can get some young people that are interested, not just in, not just in hockey, but in the... So here we have our accounting, HR. Um, so to get involved in ho- hockey, there's obviously so many jobs that go along with that, just like any business. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, it's beautiful. It's just happy. It's just yeah. peaceful. Um, it's just, you know, we, we're, we're pretty well adjusted people in our, our family. We went, like you said, I grew up in the middle of nowhere, more rural than this. And then I was in Chicago 20, we, Edmonton pretty much kind of grew up in Edmonton. We were there 11 years and then we spent eight years in LA, then back to Niagara Falls. Um, so for us, it's just another, I say us, I'm the only person here, but hopefully um, somebody will come visit me. Um, I don't, but, I don't um, believe you. It doesn't, it, I don't believe you. <laughs> it doesn't get more rural than Wilcox, Saskatchewan, but at least in Wendell's case, it hasn't changed in the 40 years since he left. Anyways, and I love Wendell. Ethan, uh, we're yeah, out of time. I best. appreciate this. Yeah, he is the best. I'll see you uh, down there in Wilcox. Good luck with everything, man. I appreciate your patience and coming on. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. And thanks for your time. And uh, thanks for hanging in there with our technical issues. But all the best. And I hope to uh, meet you in person soon. And um, Absolutely. Yeah, we're going to have going to be a fun ride. Thank you.
All right. Thank you, Ethan. Appreciate it. Director of Hockey from Notre Dame College and former Oilers captain, Ethan Morrow. Viewer takeovers next right after this. You're watching on Game Plus Television, YouTube Live, and 24-hour streaming sports radio. Streaming now at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. I'm not sure if this is the house that Connor built or that guy, Wayne, built, but it's our final segment, Overtime, for the Four Seasons Sports Palace, your home for the UFC and the World Juniors and the Canadian Football League. Clark tells me just two minutes left uh, in this Overtime segment, and Lee Genier joins me, our COO, and Lee, I'm so proud of our entire crew. Nice work, Clark, Jordan, everybody, Ryan, for pulling this off. What a blur of a show today was, yeah. but what? great. Great show. Great show. Congrats to everyone putting it all together. Yes. Uh, what are your thoughts as we head into uh, day one for Team Canada, day two of the World Juniors, a big week in the CFL? What's going to be occupying your mind the rest of the day? Well, you know what? Uh, I'm looking forward to a game at 4 o'clock, and I want to see a really good game between Latvia and Canada, and I want to see a really hard-fought battle just come out. And I'm not looking for a blowout. I would love to see a great hard-fought game. I know. I don't want to see a 12 12- one 14-1 game. Last minute of play in today's RP show. Serena has set the over-under for Bedard points at 4.5. Are you taking the I'm taking the under. 4.5 yeah. points. Over-under for I'm Bedard. Under. Under on both? Under. Okay. And Canada's game of the week. Running away with a vote. The BC Lions at the Calgary Stampeders on Saturday. And the biggest reason seems to be Air Canada. Or... We have in our Canada. That's Brandon Bridge. WestJet, Nathan Rourke. Going to convince you to go to the game? Yeah, absolutely. You going to go? go? Yeah. Well, I'm going to be here uh, going to the Elks and the Riders on Saturday. But, hey, Edmonton, this week is the place to be, and we're so proud and happy to be here. Thanks to Ethan Morrow, Robin Brownlee, Mike Dick, Julie Robenheyer, Serena Taylor, Lee Genier. Great show. We'll see you all tomorrow. See you, Lee. Thank you. Thanks for having me. See you at noon Eastern here on Game Plus TV. McFly, hello. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Bingo. So spicy. Dundee. That's hot. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.